Hey, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, here we are with another edition of Live Stream Sunday School. Uh, today is uh, Sunday, April 11th. Thank you for being here this morning. What we'll do is to get uh, allow people to get online and join us. We will be playing a praise rendition of a New Thing by First Church Worship. So we'll go ahead and play that now while we allow people to join us. So thanks for being here this morning. God bless you all. Hey, good morning, Nate. slow risers this morning. Amen. 
a new day today. David Fry. Good morning. Good morning, Ann and Larry. Thanks for being here. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful song. First Church Worship. A song called New Thing. And um, I love what it says. Uh, the lyrics in this song are very, very appropriate for today. About we need to really look to the Lord to see what He is doing in this world today, uh, as opposed to looking at what the world is doing. I think that's a very, very important lesson for all of us. Uh, and the Starkses are here. Good morning. Thanks for being here and thanks for making it. We have a few announcements uh, as we move forward with uh, towards uh, our lesson today. Uh, first of all, just a quick reminder that we are in church today, and we will be inside the building. Well, there was some debate about being outside versus inside, and as it turns out, it's better for us to be inside uh, just because of the changeable weather we, we're experiencing right now. And, and it is damp out uh, just for, because of rain overnight, too. So we will be in the building today. Please be reminded that in the building, uh, of course, you must wear your mask and uh, we also need to uh, make sure that you're practicing social distancing as we already have set up in the church. Um, as far as tithes and offerings, uh, we uh, ask that you please make sure that you're continuing to participate in providing uh, the offerings and the tithes to the church uh, just to make sure we're taking care of business uh, on the back end. Uh, as far as the, the space and making sure everything is clean, everything is, is done appropriately so that we can operate uh, efficiently as well too um okay thank you for that and uh to make sure that uh, we give you i'm going to give you the address for mailing the tithes and offerings it's um akron alliance fellowship 688 diagonal road akron ohio 44320 uh, tithes and offerings if you go to the church today uh, you will be dropping it off in the drop box in the in the lobby area um and pastor gus has a message that he has prepared online as well as what he'll be talking about in church today for those who are not able to get to church. Uh, Under New Management is the name of his message. It is pre-recorded, and it will be available in the timeline. Uh, right in, Just scroll the timeline here at the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page, and you'll see his message. And please, uh, one thing I did want to re-mention and emphasize as well, too. Pre-recorded messages are just as important as the live ones, so make sure that you're going and seeing his message if you're not able to attend church today get the full aspect of church and make sure that you like it and comment uh as well i think that's very important to do too that's a uh it's not that we necessarily need the extra encouragement but we want to make sure that people are participating and using the church um going back to those abcs that we talked about before uh, of online worship we're going to follow those things and make sure that we are doing everything we can to uh, be intentional in our studies so please make sure that you participate accordingly in that, and we would appreciate your 
making some likes and comments on any recorded messages that are available. So Gus will be uh, doing that, and we uh, that'll be available, and he'll also have the same message, of course, live in the church today. Okay, we have a few areas of uh, business here when it comes to prayer, <clears throat> and I say business because we need to make it our business to pray for others and make sure that we're supporting them wherever we are and whatever is happening. Uh, an, uh, an item of note, Angie's uh, mother was in ER last night, and she has gotten perhaps a blood clot. There's a question about that from her recent hip surgery. So she is on, um, oh, she's home resting now. That's very good. We want to pray for healing for her and recovery uh, and make sure that we're doing those things. Um, I appreciate you doing that, and we will be doing that uh, right about now because we want to make the most of our time here. Uh, I, there's no other business to cover. I think we've covered everything. We just want to make sure that you're um, always focusing on what the Lord is doing right now. We, I, I cannot stress enough how important it is for you to really focus on not looking to the left or to the right or looking at whatever the TV is putting out or whatever the information is because... Uh, honestly, it's not going to be helpful or beneficial for you when it comes to your focus on the Lord. That is something that doesn't mean that you just ignore everything that's happening, but it does mean that you have to understand the, the Satan, the one who's in charge of this world, wants you to be completely distracted from Jesus, completely distracted, and we'll find many, many ways to do that. And I, I can't emphasize enough how important it is for you during this time where we're truly in a battle of versus good and evil, that we are really making sure that we're doing everything necessary to take care of uh, our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Stay focused, everybody. We, we've got to do that. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. and We will get into today's lesson. And the meatiest part of it is in the last part, but it's just as important for us to recognize um, truth and making sure that we're fo focusing on truth as well, too. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you. Uh, we thank you, Lord, again for your presence this morning. We thank you for all the things that you're doing to truly help us to focus on you. Lord, we pray that you just quiet our hearts right now, quiet our minds, remove all the distractions, the things that can take us away from looking to you, and focus on you. And sometimes we just have to slow ourselves down to do that. There's been so much happening. We've had numerous health issues to deal with. Uh, family members, friends, those people that we've been praying for would have had, had to scuffle for a little while now, uh, dealing with uh, issues that they didn't anticipate they would. And we also pray for Angie's mom right now because we pray that you will provide healing for her and just give her rest and comfort. I just thank you for that. And, Lord, you know the people we've been praying for. We pray, Lord, that you'll just now extend your grace and help those individuals to see you. And the most important thing we can do is make sure that we're seeing you in everything that's happening. And, Lord, we know that sometimes we go through things for a season, or a season or two or three. And we just have to truly look to you through the entire process as we move through our timeline. Thank you, Lord. We just give you praise and thanks for your healing power, your grace, your mercy, and your very presence. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, everybody, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses uh, 10 through 17. 
2 Timothy 3, verses 10 through 17. And I was convicted right at the last moment, last week, to try to break up uh, this lesson and not cover all of chapter 3 in 2 Timothy, but cover the, the pieces, parts here, because there is content here that overlaps a little bit, but there's one area that we need to make sure we're focusing on, uh, and it specifically is dealing with difficult times for Christian service. This is a letter that uh, has a, a much different tone than the letters that uh, Paul had written, well, especially the letter that Paul wrote to Timothy the first time, uh, which is represented by 1 Timothy. This is a little bit different, a little bit, a little bit more somber tone, but a very important lesson for all of us because we're going to be going through times in, in ministry that are good times and not so good times. And I think that that is something that's really important for us to see and emphasize here. We Not every time is going to be rosy. There are going to be times when it's going to be difficult. There are going to be times when you're going to struggle uh, with what's happening. And during those times, a lot of us will just keep asking the Lord, why, what's going on? And sometimes you won't get an answer from the Lord about why. But you may get an answer uh, that simply says, I am. And that's really what we need to understand here, too. And I think that this is what uh, I'm sure that Paul, in his prayers, he was getting this I am a lot, uh, especially when he knew that he was going to be eventually uh, martyred for his faith and what he was doing. And as you know, many of the disciples, uh, they willingly went to the cross or to the grave because of what uh, uh, Jesus had done and what he had done for them and what he had demonstrated to them. It was worth the effort. And so we need to understand and see that in, during this time, though, we still have to gird ourselves up for, even though we know that we're serving Jesus as Lord, we also know the flesh can help us to, frankly, turn away from those efforts when it, when it may matter really the most. I pray that you will always, always defend the Lord Jesus Christ with your words and your actions and your, and your speech, that you will never deny him in any way, shape, or form. I mean, that's my prayer for myself, honestly. Uh, you, 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 these are prayers that when we talk about growth in our faith and development of, of our faith, we need to know the one who we are speaking up for. We need to know the one who we are standing for. Are you prepared to say something that is frankly unpolitically correct and something that's necessary when the Spirit calls upon you to do so? And that's a question we all need to ask. And the latter part of the passage we're going to read today is going to be talking about the importance of understanding what God's Word really means and not allowing anyone to take you or deter you from focusing on his word. Let's start at the top. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, starting at verse 10. But you, Timothy, clearly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Verse 12, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. 
But evil people and impostors will flourish. They will deceive others and will them, themselves be deceived. Verse 14. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Okay, that is 2 Timothy 3, verses 10 through 17. And so what Paul is doing here is he's giving Timothy a charge. He is charging Timothy with what his responsibilities are, knowing that he has been taught well. He has received good instruction. And understand something, it's not so much about the style of Paul's teaching or anybody else's teaching. It's about the very words of Jesus Christ. He's the teacher. He's the one who teaches. You have to understand that we are facilitators. Whenever Gus or myself or anybody else is speaking in church, all we're doing is we're facilitators of God's word. We're just passing on his truth. We're giving... Uh, a take on it, of course, but ultimately what it comes down to is it takes you right back to faith and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not anything flashy. It's not anything uh, anything more or less than just speaking God's word and God's truth. People can get really flamboyant and flashy when it comes to speaking his word, but that now takes the focus off of God, but it, take, it puts the focus on the person. So I, I trust that the style of, the, of speaking and preaching that... Uh, is being used, you know, nobody wants to be clever about this. We just want to do what's right. We just want to convey the information so that you really understand through the power of the Spirit what the Lord is saying to use personally because that's really what it comes down to. We speak to everyone as a group, but ultimately it is your individual take based upon the Holy Spirit that teaches and gives you instruction because everyone's different. Everyone has a different way of processing information and the spirit knows it and the spirit will give you what you need to be able to understand it back to verse 10 second timothy 3 but you certainly know timothy but you timothy certainly know what i teach and how i live and what my purpose in life is you know my faith my patience my love and my endurance you ever speak to anyone and just kind of emphasize where you're coming from and that's what paul's doing here He's talking about his faith, his patience, his love, and, and, and his endurance. Uh, and ultimately, what these are all attributes that each of us must have as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there are going to be times when you're speaking to someone and you will find yourself struggling with patience because you may not like the direction or the way the conversation is taking place. But ultimately, patience needs to be a very important part of your ministry. You need to be able to speak to people and be patient. You need to wait for the Spirit to speak to you, the words to speak to them. You understand? That's the, that's the a very important past aspect of it. And why are we doing it? We're doing it in love. And we have to put up with a lot of things as we go through all of this, everybody. We know that. We have encountered that. And I'm not just talking about what's going on in the world today. I'm talking about personal stuff, just stuff that happens in your life that you have to kind of deal with and focus on whether there's a pandemic or not. It doesn't really make any difference. 
but we need to make sure that we're exercising faith, patience, and love as we endure. And that's what it comes down to. Uh, that's what uh, Paul is telling Timothy here. Now look at verse 11. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. That's the most important part of that passage, uh, that last part, because he's emphasizing because he's been taking a stand for the gospel, he was greatly persecuted. Uh, he was one of the more outspoken disciples. He was one of the more uh, individuals that we, at least we have recorded uh, as the most, one of the more outspoken ones. Uh, himself and Peter were, were the ones that were very outspoken. But ultimately what it comes down to is that he was persecuted a lot. Um, and in 2 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 33, uh, he has summarized his life of suffering for the sake of what? The gospel. That's what it comes down to. He suffered and had to endure great persecution for the gospel. And notice how he mentions and emphasizes back in verse 11, the Lord rescued me from all of it. So he still, he still got his bumps. He still got his bruises. He still got injuries, all the things that took place from that persecution because they tried to kill him and ultimately they uh, God had to deliver him in order for him to remain to be able to continue to do what? To speak the good news be a testimony before others that's exactly why in many cases we endure what we do we go through tough times and hard times for the sole purpose of sometimes being able to share with someone we don't even know at that time in the future share with them your experiences because they may be going through it but you now can put the extra uh, extra uh, information on it that it was indeed jesus christ who was the one who delivered you through those situations and that's what you need to understand that is why we're doing what we're doing today we need to make sure that we are focusing on the gospel message more than ever looking not to the left or the right or looking but looking straight up at the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what we need. We are to do. So Paul is mentioning his suffering here, uh, not because of any other reason, and I want you to understand that that's what he's doing here, to say that he's endured this suffering for the gospel. That's why he's done it. That's the purpose of doing it. Why do it otherwise? You, Honestly, if you're not suffering for the gospel, then are you really living for Jesus Christ? You should be going through and enduring all kinds of things not necessarily what Paul went through, but certainly in your own life, there are certain things that you're going to be struggling with. Um, Satan is going to attack you through sometimes your health. And, and God sometimes allows those things to happen to make you more and more aware of him. And I, honestly, we need to make sure that that's not, an, that's not an absolute statement. That is something that has happened and has occurred. We ultimately understand that our health is very important and we take care of those things. But, but Satan wants to defeat each and every every believer in different ways based upon what's going on. But you already have the victory. He wants to try to defeat you and make you feel like you've lost. You know, you can actually have the feeling, well, I, I played a game and I may have won on the final score, but I lost. Uh, that was like that, that Pittsburgh-Cleveland game, football game, a couple years back when um, uh, we had the, the suspensions that took place. Uh, I don't even remember the players' names right now. Miles, I can't think of his name, but he's the one who, even though the Browns won the game, there were suspensions and all that stuff, and the season kind of curtailed after that. You can actually have a victory. That was one time I said we actually had a victory, and we snatched defeat. 
and put it in there even though we had won the game just because of something silly with eight seconds to go in the game. See, that's the thing. Now, I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm just trying to give, give an example here. We as believers sometimes will snatch victory, uh, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory and, and wallow in the fact that we're not doing well when in fact we already have the victory over Satan. Satan is not more powerful than Jesus Christ. Don't give him more power than he deserves. And that's something that I'm giving an emphasis here because as we're looking at health issues, all we've been talking about for the last 13 months is health, health issues, doing what's necessary to stay healthy, avoid sickness. And some were successful and some have been successful in doing that and some have not. And we need to understand that health is an important byproduct of how we get through these things. We really need to pray that the Lord strengthens us helps us to eat the right foods, do what's necessary to stay healthy, take vitamin D, do all the things that we're doing to try to make sure that we're relying upon him and not relying on our own knowledge, our own understanding, relying upon him as a covering and a protection. And if something does happen to us, that we truly are looking to him for healing. He is the great physician. I'll say it again. He is the great physician. He works through doctors who do what facilitate his healing where it's needed so we have to understand that that is exactly where we are to be right now at this time to truly look to him and focus on him and so what we're emphasizing here even though we've got this uh thing where the um all the car alarms go off at the same time in a neighborhood for whatever reason don't understand that uh, the the issue of doing the suffering that we're going through for the good news is what we're we're talking about here. Okay, let's go to verse 12. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So we need to understand that Paul was telling Timothy that people who obey God and live for Jesus Christ will suffer persecution period uh it is it is a, a given it's going to happen uh christ himself has said that you know he had to suffer for the gospel and you too uh paraphrasing are going to suffer for the gospel as well that's just the nature of what we're going through when we talk about good versus evil do do, do people really understand what this means or do we have to have something hit us in the face to make sure that we're paying attention to it. Don't be the believer that, well, just because I'm not going through anything doesn't mean other, you know, that should I should I really care about that? Well, of course you should care about that. First of all, you're being set up for a fall because you are not humbling yourself before the Lord Jesus Christ and understanding that he if you humble yourself, he's going to exalt you. If you truly have the right mindset and the right attitude, he is going to want to be the one who provides you with what you need in the midst of going through endurance. You're going, uh, go, having to endure, excuse me, having to endure and go through suffering is what I wanted to say. Sorry about that. But please make a note of that. And don't be surprised when people misunderstand you, criticize you, and even try to hurt you because of what you believe. Because understand that it's not about criticizing you personally. It's about the criticism or fighting against Jesus Christ himself. We don't personalize or take it personal if you are persecuted for the gospel. 
you are going to be persecuted for the gospel because you're speaking up or you're representing the Lord Jesus Christ. Live as you should. Be the one. Be who you are. Live as you are. Live day by day with the knowledge that you're a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just existing from day to day, but that you're a servant. You're a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're serving him. I think that's what a very important attitude to have each and every day because, as you know, as each and every day drags on, there some things are good, some things are boring, some things are not so good. But in the meantime, while all those things are changing and taking place, there's someone in your circle of people that you know, whether it's a relative or a friend, who needs prayer. Who needs prayer for healing, who needs prayer for strength, who needs prayers for encouragement. And prayers indeed for salvation. Thank you. That, that's exactly right. You, every day indeed is a new adventure, but it doesn't change how you are to, to live even in the midst of that adventure that you're going through. Okay. So we mentioned verse 12. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Back to 2 Timothy 3. Now verse 13. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will them, they'll, will themselves be deceived. Now, we've, we've had a, a lot of coverage here about false teaching all throughout a lot of the passages that, passages that we've read recently. And you're aware of those. They're uh, back in area, earlier parts in Corinthians and, and even in 1 Timothy, we, we saw false teaching sp- uh, being spoken of. But here... We need to also understand, too, that while we can speak to them and give them correction and try to help them along as we go, ultimately they are going to, um, frankly, going to have to account for their actions before the Lord. We can teach them and give them instruction, but they're not going to reform and change on their own. They're not going to do what they should be doing, and that's listening to the Lord. If you've given the correction, you give them the correction. But it also comes down to if there are a number of voices in the church where uh, there are people who are truly serving the Lord Jesus Christ and others who are, are giving false teaching, your voice needs to be heard and you need to speak up for the Lord Jesus Christ. It needs to happen. We need to stand for truth. We don't want to ever have dissension within the church. We don't ever want to have fighting. We don't ever want to ever have people... Uh, fighting over needless things, honestly, in the church, needless things, things that don't matter when it comes to the gospel. But they're going to happen because they have happened. We've seen them happen. And ultimately, it comes down to you stand for truth. You stand for what is right. You do what is right. You say the words that the Lord would have you to use and speak and stand for truth and denounce false teaching, period. That's exactly what we're to do. We are to do denounce false teaching. You try to give the correction, be nice about it. And be courteous about it. Oh, I'll always be nice about it. I see him. Be courteous about it. But ultimately, we need to re- recognize that we indeed have to focus on speaking up the truth and saying what's right and doing those right things indeed. Okay. Um, let's go to the next paragraph. It's down to verse 14. And this is where things are going to get really meaty here. So I, I, I hope that you can appreciate that as we move into... 10 o'clock hour we're now rolling along verse 14 but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught you know they are true this is paul speaking to timothy you know they are true for you know you can trust those who taught you 
Now, here's a great question. Can you trust what you've been taught uh, through your lifetime, through your, even for your, through recent memory? Can you trust what you've been taught? Have you been given the proper information to be able to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you done those things? Have you focused on his word? And if you have, that means that what you've been taught is correct. Ultimately, it comes down to the Holy Spirit speaking to each person and giving guidance based upon what they've been taught. So we need to see that the word must be taught, and you, and you just have to stand it with conviction that it is true. You know it's true. You know you can trust those who taught you. Honestly, if you couldn't trust somebody who was teaching you something, you wouldn't retain the information they said. Uh, we have to look at human nature sometimes when it comes to what the gospel is even saying to us, too. If you don't trust it, you shouldn't. The Spirit will give you what you need to discern what is truth and what isn't truth. And if you don't trust it, if the word that is forthcoming, if the Spirit gives you gives you a high sign and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's not quite true, um, you have to understand that that's very important. But isn't that a choice, Melvin? Well, sure it's a choice. You have to choose who to trust. And you have to choose who to trust, but what is the criterion for the judgment of who you trust? Is the word true? Is what is being spoken of true? What's the plumb line? What is the plumb line? Um, which is a scripture that, that we... Where is that plumb line scripture anyway? It's a, yeah, it, it's a, it actually is a good point. Ultimately, what it comes down to is, after all is said and done, is that plumb line being satisfied as far as what the word is being spoken and what's being said. Um, we have a trust in Pastor Gus because he's been teaching for a long time, and we know that what he's been teaching is true. And if you were to even compare it to other teachings, other preachers, whether it be online or on TV, uh, his, his uh, preaching and his, the word that he has been speaking has been spot on with what God has chosen him to say at any given moment or any given time based upon where we are. And timeliness is important too. Certain words that are spoken are, are very effective if they are done in a timely manner. If the, discernment, if the spirit discernment is at a high level, you're going to be able to speak the word and speak truth to someone. And that way, the more you establish that truth, the more you can establish that trust. And that's very important. Now, I'm not going to get into names of people on TV or anything like that. I've done that before, and I think after a while, you've got to make a decision on your own um, where I can give direction on something, but a person that I may dislike uh, others may like, and not not because of theology, but just because of personality. But ultimately, what we have to look at is that, is the truth being spoken? Is the truth being represented? Is it being watered down, or is it being catered to something that is much more of a feel-good type of a message, rather than a, a message that sometimes we need to hear the hard truth about who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to hear the truth. Uh, do we do we do we go after preachers that just speak only about um, good things happening? Well, good things indeed are going to happen, no question. But as we go through all kinds of garbage and stuff that happens in our lives, that's a very faint view, a faint, a very dim view uh, in the future. So we just need to make sure that we're focusing on truth and focusing on what God's word is saying. Sometimes the truth is not going to be kind. And goodness knows, I've had to have the Lord speak to me and not be 
He was gentle, as always, but not as kind as I would like, because the words were speaking truth about me, that I had to do something to fix it. And so ultimately, uh, that's what we all have to reckon with if we're being honest about where we are in our faith. So, oh, that's okay. You got it? It's caught. Sorry. It's only live. Uh, <laughs> we're on. It's Amos. Turn everybody to Amos chapter 7. Let's look at verses 7 through 9. Amos chapter 7, verses 7 through 9. So we're good. I'm just making sure. I'm going to fix this here, and I'm going to fix this here. I'm good. Okay. It should be good now. Okay. Amos 7, verses 7 through 9. So let's take a look at what it says here. Uh, This is the English Standard Version. This is what he showed me. Behold, the Lord was standing beside a wall built with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, behold, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will never again pass by them. The high places of Isaac shall be made desolate and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And so we need to understand that the plumb line is a measurement. It's a measurement and it's based upon God's truth. And honestly, he's going to measure the people uh, based upon his plumb line. He is never going to desert us or leave us. That's what he's saying about the nation of Israel. That's why Israel is very important in this equation, especially as we look at end times. But not to take away from what we're talking about here, the plumb line is a measurement of truth. And honestly, there, there is only one truth, and it's God's truth. We know that, and we understand that. And everybody has to measure up against what, what that truth is and what God's word is. Are we going to measure, are you going to measure in a favorable manner? That's really what it comes down to. So to the comment, yeah, it's a choice. Absolutely. We make choices all the time. We have free will, don't we? We have free will to make good choices, and we also have free will to make some choices that we regret later because they weren't so good. And we just have to pray that those regrets don't carry forever for life, honestly. Uh, that's what we have to do. Um, so trust is something we it has to be certainly uh, given by the person. That person has to show his way of being trustworthy. But when it comes to the word, that's our standard, the plumb line standard right there that we're referring to. Okay, let's go to verse 15. In 2 Timothy 3, uh, verse 15, you have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, pardon me, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Now, at that time, logically, Timothy was learning, what, the the teachings in the Old Testament. The New Testament was not out yet, obviously, because this was a letter that was going to be part of the New Testament. So what Timothy was being taught was the Old Testament. And these are the scriptures, the holy scriptures, the books of the Old Testament. And even though it's about the Old Testament, what do all 66 books of the Bible point to? Jesus Christ. Just like all the books in the Old Testament point directly to Christ, That is where everyone from Christ on has a greater understanding of the significance of what those teachings are in the Old Testament because they recognize that it points to our personal Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's the important thing for us to see. And 
faith was a major part of what was being written in the Old Testament. If anybody tries to tell you that the Old Testament is not important, now right now in my Bible reading every day, I'm reading in Leviticus. Well, reading in Leviticus is a can be you can look at it a couple of different ways. One way is that um, if you take a more negative approach, you say it's rather tedious, it's rather dull, it's just the Lord repeating Himself as far as what He has done and what He wants the people of Israel to do when He comes to uh, how to worship and take care of sin offerings and and the, and the like. You need to understand something about Leviticus. What God is showing us through this teaching in the Old Testament, very very important part of the Pentateuch. So this was part of the Jews as well too, and they understood. And that's how a lot of them got carried away with ritualistic worship. They didn't understand that it was uh, something that God was doing to teach the people what type of God he is as you worship him. He is a God of precision. He is a God of exactness. He wants to see people truly look to him and love him and understand that there is no altering as far as what he expects. His expectations are very high. He wants us to live in such a way where those expectations remain high, especially when it comes to how he was instructing the people to uh, approach the Lord in the temple and at the temple and those who were handling those sacrifices. And the people handling the sacrifices had to have precision in doing so. They had to follow exact instructions. You have to understand, the Lord is not speaking in uh, hypotheticals. He's speaking in ways that he wants to see the people worship and praise him because he's trying to show them how important it is to do so, how important it is for them to be precise in their faith, precise in their actions, always knowing why they're doing something as opposed to just you know going around saying, who drove? Now, I know back in the Old Testament, nobody drove, but you get what I'm saying. The way that they're worshiping, <laughs> the way that they're worshiping and praising had to be exact. It was a very precise way of doing things. There was, there was a standard that needed to be fulfilled, and that is exactly what we, have, what we need to see when we look at Leviticus. So yes, it can be repetitive. Yes, it can be um, a little dry. I'll, I'll admit that it's not the it's not a, a rich text by any stretch, but it is a text where God is saying to you, "I am the Lord. I am who I am." And this is exactly what He is saying here in this passage about how we need to make sure that we recognize the teachings that we're receiving uh, and how important it is. It is important to have been taught those scriptures and faith makes the whole bible understandable all of it the old testament the new testament faith had to be a component of this uh worship in leviticus had to be taking place so faith is always being exercised we're always challenging our faith amen our faith is always being challenged because that's the area frankly where if we are lacking in faith all god asks us to have is a mustard seed of faith uh, but when no faith is present, that's when we're going to really founder. That's what we really have to understand here. And remember, the mustard seed is only about, is barely you can barely see it. It's the head of a pin. But that's all God is asking us to do, to start. Now, we, he, I think he wants us to keep exercising our greater and greater faith. It shouldn't always be a mustard seed size. At moments it will be, but ultimately we need to just keep taking those steps of faith. And move forward. Now, the meaty part I wanted to get here, get to here. Second Timothy three, verse sixteen. And 
16 and 17. I'm going to read all of 16 and 17, and we'll go back over it uh, just to cover some really important points here. Verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Amen to that. Verse 17, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That's also a very important part of this too. So, first of all, schools of thought. One school of thought that's out there today is that the Bible is not trustworthy. The Bible's been altered. The Bible has been, not, and not just the different denominations, uh, not, not just the different uh, renditions of the Bible, by the way, not just the different denominations of people, not just the different renditions of the Bible, the different passages, the ways you can read the Bible. Um, interpretation is one thing. Editing and changing is another. And, and that's something we have to understand here, that people have been complaining for a long time now that people got a hold of the word and started changing things around to fit more of their way of thinking or anyway taking away from or tarnishing the word of God and focusing more on those things of the world. Well, I have a thought on this and I think the thought is valid because if you look at this passage, if it says all scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, I've seen that many people have come back and said, yes, the Bible has been changed in some ways, but we need to also understand that God's word has come through all of those changes, all of those things, all of those ways of interpretation, language barriers, all the things that we're, we're minimizing the power of the Holy Spirit, who ultimately is the teacher. So what's been happening is that people have just been saying, well, the Bible has been done. This has happened to the Bible. That has happened to the Bible. And it's altered what's been said. And it wasn't really God's word. Well, I, I take a real offense to that because you are denying the power of God in this whole process. Knowing the people that he is dealing with, knowing the people that he created, there's not a person down here that was not created by him and he knows the hearts of every person. If a person had intent to try to change the word, and, and, and do something with the word, I think God has enough power uh, in his being, in his very existence, to overcome any changes or efforts to change his intent. And the Holy Spirit is ultimately the wild card here. The Holy Spirit who indwells within us will teach us the truth that we need to know to be able to function at a high level in the faith, to be able to do this good work that he's speaking of in verse 17. Honestly, that is what we need to understand here. I've read so many things recently that have have tried to tell me or show me that, you know, maybe these people have good intentions. I don't really know, but I also know that the focus on the Lord is on the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's where it should always be. And the fact that Jesus Christ is still being mentioned in the Bible is pretty doggone important. So I think we need to start there and focus on that, which, which is really important right now. Um, these are the things that we have to do. And we, of course, can take a simplistic approach and say that um, the Bible is not a collection of stories or fables or myths or merely human ideas about God. Does the Bible tell stories? Yes. Is the Bible poetry? Of course. Does it talk about myths? No. It, it talks about truth. It's something that we have tried to either change the meaning of on our own through some sort of humanistic way 
to try to create either greater understanding uh, for that person's way of thinking or ultimately uh, sanitizing or trying to sanitize or trying to water down. That's the proper word. Trying to water down the word of God as being impactful in our lives. That's what we need to see here. So through the Holy Spirit, God revealed his person and plan to certain believers. We have a plan. And he wrote down this message for his people. One more passage to look at. Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. And this is also a kind of a, a punchline as well, too, when we look at, well, is God's word indeed true? Is it word that he conveyed? Yes, he conveyed it to different people. Yes, he spoke to different people. We know that the Bible is written over a period of time, and we understand that. But that doesn't minimize or change God's power in the midst of all of that. If we're dealing with an eternal God who's been, who is the uncreated creator, who has ever always existed, he is much bigger and much more powerful than any man who would try to dare do something different than what he was asked to do. 2 Peter 1, verse 20. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. No prophecy of Scripture. Now, you're going to get arguments. Well, something's been done. No. How powerful is God in this situation? What has he shown in your life that his word is truth? And no matter what version, modern version, you pick up, and I know that there are some versions that are not worth picking up. But ultimately, there are versions that we have recommended. And we, if you want a recommendation, once again, shoot me a note offline. I can tell you which ones to go to. And you should have more than one version of the Bible. And that's to create greater understanding. You should always have a text that can easily help to summarize what you've read. Because that's very important. You shouldn't just have the King James Version. Amen? I'm just going to put it out there. The King James Version is the version of the Bible that we were raised on. A lot of us were raised on. We went to church about, barely opened the Bible to look at it, but we certainly were raised on it and we are aware of it. But now it's time for you to expand what God is saying to you and not just be limited to one version, one way of saying it. The Spirit is all-powerful, but you don't speak 1611. You speak 2021. So we need to understand that that's the, the language. If you want greater understanding, let the Spirit teach you through what's being said there. And that way you can go back and forth between the two passages and see what the Lord is saying. I am not minimizing the King James Version. I don't ever want to convey that. But I just know that we need to get out of tradition sometimes and focus on relationship. Greater understanding of what you're doing. Why do you follow the Lord Jesus Christ and understand who he is in this following. If you don't understand what scripture is saying, you are not going to get it done. I don't think I ever read verse 21. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along, what? By the Holy Spirit. There it is. That is what we need to emphasize here about this scripture as being faithful and true. Jesus Christ it was written on his thigh, I think, in, during the Revelation, the words faithful and true. Um, you don't take those words lightly, do you? Those are very important words. The one that you worship uh, is faithful. He is true. 
And that's exactly where we need to make sure that we're looking at this. And of course, this process was being referred to in 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. That's called inspiration. God inspires us as creatives, as people who write and people who draw. We have to be inspired by the Lord to put down on paper or or convey what needs to be conveyed when it comes to messages or sermons or pictures, whatever it is. That's inspiration. That is a God-given gift. It is a, it is a godly gift to get, get that inspiration. He gives it to us. He wants us to convey his word in a way that people understand it. Um, that's what's very, very important. You know, the writers were, were writing the Bible back in, in that at that time based upon what? Their own personal accounts, their own historical account, their cultural context, the things that were taking place. That's why we have a, a cultural context where women are lesser than men in many ways according to societal approaches. And we have slavery and all that stuff that existed back then too. It exists today. You know, it, if you really are thinking about what the word is saying here, there are things that exist today that existed even back when these things were written, put pen to put to paper as far as covering the exact scriptures. Uh, don't be naive, everybody. Be smart. We need to understand that God is speaking about things that are very relevant today. Just because it's written in a time uh, or a culture that's different from ours right now, is it really that much different? Is the culture really that much more different than what we're dealing with today? Um, does Satan not want to divide people? Has Satan not wanted to divide people within the church uh, which is being written about right here in Second Timothy and First Timothy and all the other books, is false teaching not an important aspect of the New Testament? A lot of people are being warned about false teaching. How is that not relevant to today? Uh, these are all things we need to understand when we look at Scripture and not take such a narrow view. A narrow view. Well, it was written for those people back in the day. Well, guess what? We're back in the day compared to our future generation. And what kind of an example are we to the future generation if we don't have our act together when it comes to how we approach the Lord Jesus Christ? We are instructed to teach our children. Are we teaching our children? Are we showing the example for them? These are things we need to ask honestly about where we are. And so basically... The entire Bible is God's inspired word. We recognize it. It's our safeguard against false teaching. How do we safeguard against false teaching? We have to know the word. We have to allow the spirit to speak to us. <clears throat> Remember, the spirit wants to speak to us with our knowledge of the word. We need to have the word in our hearts. We need to have the word and we need to internalize it. So that when he does speak to us, he speaks to us truth about what's going on. You've got to read the Bible every day. Develop a plan. Well, we have a plan. But develop a plan to read the Bible every day. Read it every day and spend some time in it. You'll have to meditate over what you've read. Meditate over it. Spend some time with it. Don't just pick up the Bible and say, okay, I did my reading and close the Bible and that's it. Nope, that's not it. That's not how you approach reading God's Word. How are you growing in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? If you're only giving Him a few seconds of your time, and you're not really focusing on what he's speaking to you, then you're wasting your time. I can't be more clear about that. You're wasting your time. Are you having regular ongoing conversations with the Lord Jesus Christ 
about his word? Are you speaking to him about his word? Are you challenging the Lord? And you can do this. Challenging the Lord with the word that you said. Lord, you said that your word is, in, is all inspired. God breathed word. So those people who are talking about this word has been altered and changed and turned into something that's totally worldly. Um, Lord, you're the one who's in control of all of that. Teach me what you want me to know about this situation. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your reminders. Thank you for your reassurance. These are all things that you should be doing as you develop your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I could go on for a long time, but I have to cut it short because we're getting to the point now where we're running out of time. But let me summarize this this here very quickly. Never forget, going back to God's purpose, verse 17, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Never forget what the true intent of the word is. It's to equip you to be a messenger for Jesus Christ. He wants you to be able to go out and to go to all the worlds, which the worlds can be your neighborhood. The worlds can be the grocery store. The world can be wherever you frequent, wherever you go to, whatever your regular paths are, that you are a messenger of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you are preaching the gospel through your words, through your actions, through your speech, through... Uh, comments that you make during the day, people that you come in contact with all the time. This is the purpose of the Word. The Word is to strengthen us, to help us to be able to do this good work that's going out there. A lot of good work is going out there. There are a lot of people who have gotten saved this year, this past year, and even early this year because of what's been going on. Why? Because there are a lot of people out there speaking the truth about Jesus Christ. As people become more and more aware of what is happening in this world and we see satanic influence in this world you better believe eyes are being opened and people should be paying attention because that's exactly what's taking place do you try to whitewash everything and just say it's not happening it's not happening because i'm not personally experiencing it it's not happening well you're being defeated right before your very eyes because satan wants you to take a backward approach and say, you know what, it's not happened to me, I'm good, everything's fine. You know, whatever has happened to somebody else, ooh, shame on them. Mm-mm, shame on you. You know too much in the Word to know that Satan wants to defeat every single believer in some way, shape, or form. He absolutely wants to do that. He has tried to do that. He has been successful at doing it, unfortunately. How much prayer are you putting forth to prevent this from happening? How much are you giving appeals to the Lord Jesus Christ and speaking up on behalf of other people about satanic attacks against them and how to fight them off? Are you praying on behalf of those individuals to fight Satan and take care of business? That's exactly what you should be doing. You shouldn't be doing anything less than that. If you are being appointed to do good work, You understand the importance of God's word, and as you learn more about his word, you can pray more effectively to him about his word. He wants you to recite the word back to him. Absolutely. You go back and do those very things. So I'm getting getting kind of fired up about that. Uh, I don't mean to, but at the same time, I guess I do, because we need to make sure that Satan is trying to find, pull out all the stops to sidetrack you as a believer. You better believe that, and he'll do it in subtle ways by looking at worldly events and making sure that you are distracted completely because of all the things that are happening. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. Focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Focus on what he is doing in your life. 
focus on what he is teaching you. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that you truly indeed are looking to us and looking for us. And in many cases, you're looking for us to step up. Step up and be accounted for in the, in the body of Christ. To be able to speak your truth. Lord, help us at the forefront to focus on what your word is saying to us. Help us to gain wisdom, knowledge, understanding through the power of the Holy Spirit. Teach us, O Lord. Teach us of your very presence. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for those moments where we require peace and comfort and rest. To be refreshed and be able to go back out and speak for you once again. Lord, we just give you thanks. Lord, let the Spirit speak to us as to what we are to do next. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for your patience while we were getting through that. We're going to sign off here now. Please remember, if you're going to church today, wear your mask, your face covering, temperature check at the door, uh, social distancing. A message will follow online right here behind this, Pastor Gus's message for those who are staying in under new management. It's a great message. Uh, Stay and scroll in the timeline. You'll find it. It's online right now. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. Hope to see you next time.